Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Victory Church. Today, December 23rd, 2018, we are celebrating our worship service number 117. And uh, I would like to invite you to stand up. We are going to pray to give thanks to our Lord to start our service. Heavenly Father, you are so gracious. You are so wonderful. You deserve, Lord, our songs of adoration. And we want to give you, Lord, our whole hearts. We know, Lord, that we can trust you. We know, Lord, that you are wonderful and merciful, mighty. And we want to give you everything that we have right now, Lord, in our minds, in our hearts, our feelings, our bodies, to sing to you, Lord, these songs that you will receive, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, come let us 
this side Here laid the Savior inside a manger Oh, what a glorious night Oh, what a glorious night I hear the angels sing Hallelujah, let the earth receive the King I know that love has come Sing it out, Jesus Christ is born Jesus Christ is born The shepherds wondered They couldn't hide it How God came down on this glorious night. God came down on this glorious night. I heard the angels singing. Hallelujah, let the earth receive her King. I know that love has come. Sing it out. Jesus Christ is born. Jesus Christ is born. Glorious, glorious, what a glorious night. Glorious, glorious, what a glorious night. I hear the angels singing. Thank you. 
Story of amazing love 
Dear Lord God, King of the universe, ruler of everything, we are here today, Lord, using this particular day to celebrate that one day you became flesh. Lord, and we know that it wasn't on December 25th, but the date is irrelevant, really, Lord. The date is not what really matters. What matters is that you became one of us. You became a human being, Lord. You sent your son to be one of us and experience life from a human perspective. And we thank you, Lord, from the bottom of our hearts for doing that. Lord, you you didn't need to do that. We are the ones that needed that. But you did it, Lord, out of love. You wanted to show us, Lord, that you were willing to pay the price, to come here, and become a human being. Walk on this planet do the things that we do, Lord, as humans. You wanted to do it, Lord. To dwell among us 
and gave your life for our salvation. Thank you, Lord, for giving your life for us. We worship you and with all reverence, Lord, and fear for you. We bow down before your presence. We lift up our hands. We open our hearts and we say to you, thank you, dear Lord, for giving your life for us. In Jesus' name we pray. going today to talk about God's incarnation. That is the topic. In, in your bulletins, you have several uh, areas to write notes in the front and in the back. But let's go to the message, God's incarnation. I want you to think of a couple. A couple that uh, one day falling in love, getting married, having a baby. A baby like you see in the screen. And those parents work with this kid, teaching them basic things like how to walk. And many of us have done that. Some of you are young. You will experience that eventually. But this couple is enjoying their home with this precious baby. It's all smiles, dreaming of one day going to school and like in a blink of an eye, one day is graduating from high school. And then the next season. Well, this young person starts to see life and start to think, what else is in the world? Talking with the friends, find out that there are areas in the world where there is so much need. Need like water. People that have to go to rivers or places to bring some water to their homes in poor containers. And those people live in places that it's unimaginable how poor they are. They even have to walk through trash. And, uh, you know, they live in poor environments. But not all of them are the race that we think they are. Is it? Because poverty is all over the place. Different backgrounds. And even more different ages. Sometimes there are kids that are struggling and there are areas in the world that are very poor. So this young person one day says to the parents, Dad, Mom, I want to do something for these people and I'm going to go and build and paint and create things to help them. And the parents said, well, that's that's good, son, but, but why? Why? Do you want to do that? And he says, because make them, make them happy makes me happy. When I see that with my work, I can do something for these poor people, I just love it. Knowing that I can give a contribution to humankind. So the parents say, what else? What else, child? Well, there are people that are so poor that they even go to the market to sell the, their vegetables trying to make a living because they deserve to be happy too and I want to help them child this is our neighborhood 
We have a beautiful home. We live in a place that is so clean and organized. Do you really want to exchange that wonderful neighborhood for this? Do you really want to move there and live there? Why don't you just go and do a mission trip if you like? No, no parents, no mom, no dad. What I want is to live there with them and help them. Is this the kind of transportation you will have now, son? Child? Or you don't remember where do you live? The comfort that you have here among us. You know, everybody here loves you and, and you here are somebody. People appreciate treasure you and cherish you. And you can walk around the neighborhood safely and you want to move there? Do you really like that kind of environment? Why would you humiliate yourself living where we live and move to a place like that? Do you know that that is exactly what our good Lord did? He was like God in every way. But he did not think that his being equal with God was something to use for his own benefit. Instead, he gave up everything, even his place with God. He accepted the role of a servant, appearing in human form. During his life as a man, he humbled himself by being fully obedient to God, even when that cost his death on a cross. We read that scripture in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. The Lord Jesus, who dwell in his splendor, in his kingdom, surrounded by glory and majesty, abandoned that to come here and become a human. In that video that you just saw, you have an idea of the big change that could represent in the life of someone who lives in a very comfortable environment and move into a poor area of the world. So you see in that video the big difference between comfort life and poverty. Would you do that? Would you exchange the comfort of everything you have and go to a place that there is only poverty? Well, imagine what the Lord Jesus lived. Because he was in his glory, in his kingdom. He was like God in every way. And with all his splendor and majesty, he said, I'm going to become a human being. A simple human being. I don't know if you can grasp the 
How deep is this concept? The humiliation that the Lord Jesus lived by leaving his holy heaven place to come here and just be a human like we are. It was a huge humiliation for him. Because out there, he was just willing to give orders and say, I want this, I want that. And everything was done quickly, immediately. By the power of his word, everything was fixed and done. But over here, he became obedient and learned to be obedient. To a point that his obedience took him to his death on a cross. Because it was through that death that we all humankind could experience the forgiveness of our sins. Luke chapter 2 verse 32 says that he is a light to show God's way to other nations. Because that is the beauty of the gospel, you know. That our salvation, our Savior, our Redeemer, He did what He did not just for the Jewish people, but for everyone else. Because salvation is available today for everyone. It doesn't matter if they are from one race or other race, or from one nationality or other nationality. It doesn't matter. Salvation is available for everyone. There is no discrimination about it. God became a human being to show you how much He loves you. Let me say this one more time. God became a human being to show you how much He loves you. He loves you so much that He said, I'm going to become a human being. So you will see how much I love you. And he did that. He exchanged his glory just to come here. Just to show us the path. Just to teach us how he wanted us to live. And to prove that love always. Prove that his ways are better than our ways. To prove that eternity is the most important thing in life. He came to show us that there is eternal life after we cross that door that we call death. He came to tell us, don't be afraid of dying. I don't want you to be fearful of death. Because after that door... You will come through me. I am the gate, says the Lord. And you will come to me. I am the way, the truth, and life. Whoever believes in me will have eternal life forever. And will live with me forever. That is the reason why we celebrate, whether it's now in December or in January or April, it doesn't matter. Anytime we can celebrate Christmas, the fact that the Lord Jesus was born. Because He came to show us how much He loves us. And you need to appreciate that and say, thank you, Lord. You did that for me. I love you, Lord.
I want you to see this verse in the book of Zephaniah, chapter 2, verse 3. Seek the Lord, all you humble. You who do what He commands. Seek righteousness, humility. Perhaps you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. If the Lord experienced humiliation, leaving His glory to come to this earth, He expects us humans to be humble. He expects us to experience humility in our hearts and seek Him and seek for righteousness because for all of the people in the world that do not want to humble themselves before the name of Jesus Christ, the day will come when they will be impressed not by the Lord's mercy, but by the Lord's anger. And we don't want to talk about it. And we don't want to hear preachings about that. Because we say, no, God is a God of mercy and favor and love. And of course He is. But in His justice, He also will fulfill His word. And when He says that there is a day for the Lord's anger, it's because there is going to be one day for the Lord's anger. And you know what the Lord says? Before that, I would like you to be sheltered by me if you what? If you seek the Lord, you humble, seek the Lord. You who do what He says and seek righteousness and humility. Because in His in his view, he says, if I was able to humiliate myself, why don't you? And I am talking today to many of the viewers and listeners because you have to get it. You need to understand that just by trying to be a good person and not humbling yourself, not being humble before the Lord, you are missing a big point in your life. And the Lord doesn't want you to miss that part of your life. That connection with the Lord. The repentance that needs to be present in your life. Repentance. You know, when, when we see the glory of God. When we see His greatness. It is impossible not to feel the need of repentance. Friends, I have been next to the bed of many people that are about to die. As a pastor, I have been invited. Pastor, please come. Because such and such person is about to go. Please come and pray for that person. And I go to a hospital room or a bedroom in a house. And I'm standing next to this person. And you know what? In all of those cases... Without exception. You know what is the need of each one of these individuals? To be right with God. That is the main need. They want to be right with God. They just say, you know what? I, I don't care about the stuff anymore. I don't care about the problems that I have. I just want to be right 
with God. And they say to me many times, I need to make a, make a confession with you. I need to confess something that I have said. I have not said to anybody before. If before I go, I need to confess this bad thing in my life. If you knew that today was your last day, would you feel that way? If you knew that, I am sure you would. You friends that are listening and watching, if you knew that today was your last day of life, would you just keep on going with your day the way that you thought you would? I don't think so. I am sure you, you will make radical decisions and probably the most important decision will be to be closer to the Lord. I'm sure you would. You know what will be the first thing that you would do? When you experience repentance, the first thing you will say is, Lord, I want to promise you something. I'm going to change. Have you seen those uh, stories uh, or you heard those stories when, when there is a couple and uh, one of them was caught cheating? And then the person says, please forgive me. I will not do that again, ever again. And then the words are, I promise that I will change. Or the stories about a child that is using alcohol or drugs or something. And, and they see all the disaster that happened as a result of that. And they come to their parents and they say, mom, dad, I promise I will change are you seeing those things have you heard about those stories have you lived that perhaps that one day you were shocked and you said i need to change and you probably came to the presence of god and said lord i want to change you know what is the second thing that we do when we repent we promise the Lord that we are going to use the money in a different way. That is the immediate second thing. Think about those issues and families. They immediately say, I'm going to buy you this. Have you, have you seen that? When finally they, they may try to make peace. And then the spouse says, I'm going to buy you the, the, this thing that you wanted. Now, you know what? I'm going to get you what you always wanted. Because there is a need. To use the money in a different way. We say, Lord, no, I'm, I'm not going to use the money that way. I, I promise you I'm going to change. The next thing. We say, I promise you that I'm going to be different. And when it's about our relationship with the Lord, this is the first thing we say, Lord, you know what? I, I'm going to make you my priority number one. You know, Lord, I have failed. I know that. I know. And the reason why I failed to you, Lord God, is because my priority was something else. It, my, priority, my priority was somebody else. My priority was myself. I want to change that. I want you to be my priority number one. 
And I promise you, Lord, that from now on, I'm going to do things right. What is what do you want me to do, Lord? We say. What do you want me to do now, Lord? I'll do it. I will commit to that. It's like in, in those uh, family situations, right? And they say, well, you know what? You promised me that you will do certain things now. You will fulfill your chores. You will fulfill your responsibilities. Imagine an employee that is about to be fired. <laughs> and the boss says, you know, I have given you many opportunities, but you fail time after time. Sir, sir, I promise you, I'm going to do what is right. And that is exactly what we do in the presence of the Lord. We say, Lord, now I'm going to do it right. That's why the prophet Zephaniah says that. Seek the Lord, all you humble of the land. You who do what he commands. Seek righteousness, humility. Perhaps you will be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. You see, my friends? The main point is humility in our hearts. Becoming, becoming humble in the presence of the Lord. That's all. Because with that humility will come the understanding. You will understand much better life. You will understand much better everyone else. You will be more tolerant. You know what? You will be nicer to everybody. You will be really sweet to everybody. Because there is a power of humility working and operating in you. That will make a big difference in your life. And if he did that for us. If he exchanged his glory for this planet. Why we cannot be humble. I want you my friend that are listening. You listening and watching. I want you to answer this question to me. Why do you think that you cannot become humble in the presence of God? Give me the reason. Let's reason about it. Because we need to be humble before Him. Before the day of the Lord's anger. But I have news for everyone. There is a remnant. The remnant of Israel. It's a group of people that they do feel in their hearts. That there's, there is going to be a day for a change. And there are some characteristics of this remnant that I want to share with you today. The first one is that they will trust in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel is a group of people all over the world that after they repent, listen carefully, after their repentance, they trust in the name of the Lord. They put their trust in the name of the Lord. They don't put their trust on anything else. Because a lot of people, they put their trust in the corporation that they work for, their careers, their degrees, their spouse sometimes, their intelligence or abilities. No, that remnant of Israel has one characteristic is they put their trust in the name of the Lord. Which means that when every single time you go through troubles and trials, when every single day you are trying to do something, you just say, I just trust 
in the name of the Lord. The next characteristic of the remnant of Israel is that they will do good. They do what is right. And they enjoy doing what is good. And you should enjoy doing what is good. And of course, we know we do what is good. We help people. We share with people. And we know what happens, right? A lot of people are ungrateful. They don't appreciate you. And, and they don't even say thanks to you, and etc. But the true remnant of Israel will do what is good. It doesn't matter how people respond. The next characteristic of the remnant of Israel. They will be safe, saved and protected. Because the good Lord God Almighty is going to extend his hands of grace to the remnant of Israel. And he will say, you don't worry. You don't worry about anything. I'll take care of you. I'll protect you. You are going to be saved. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 through 11. God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Listen carefully. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every person acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord how do you know if you really humbled yourself before God how do you know if you are part of the remnant of Israel how do you know that there is humiliation within you how do you know is because you will exalt that glorious name. And you will not have a problem in bowing down before Him. And you even bow your knees before Him. And exalt His holy name. In public and in private. You just know it. He becomes the number one in your life. Everything for you. When you surrender before the presence of the Lord Jesus, things change for you. I want to share with you what are the things that are going to change for you when you surrender. The first thing is the Lord will bless you. When you finally surrender before the Lord Jesus Christ, He will bless you. And you know it. You have His approval. You have His okay. The next thing is that He will restore you. There are many things that you probably have lost. Many things that you, at some point, thought, that, you know what, there is nothing that I can do about it. He will restore you. And also, I promise you that you will see it. When you surrender before the presence of the Lord, you will be blessed, you will be restored, and you will see it. You will see it with your own eyes. It's a promise from the good Lord that everyone who humbles himself before him will be blessed and restored, and you will see it. God became a human being.
to show you how much He loves you. And you know what, friends? All that we want to do then is adore Him. Adore Him. And we adore the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. When I look into your holiness, when I gaze into your loveliness, when all things that surround become shadows in the light of you, when I find joy of reaching your heart when my will becomes enthroned in your love when all things that surround become shadows in the light of you I worship you to worship you I worship you I worship you I worship you I worship you the reason I live is to worship you
is to worship you. Yes, Lord. The reason why we are here is to give you glory and honor. But there is a possibility that today somebody needs to experience salvation. Somebody needs to experience that connection with God. And it's by faith. It's by faith. And we say prayers like this, dear God in heaven, if only I could go back to the past and change some of the decisions that I made. So much of the pain that I have carried for a long time is just the result of those poor decisions. But you know that. I acknowledge that I have sinned against heaven and against you. Could you please forgive me? You have been so patient with me. You have been, and still today you are so gracious. You are a holy God that only does good and only loves people. I trust you, Lord. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I surrender to you. I know that you still love me. And you can restore me. And you can transform me. I am here trusting you, Lord God. You are my God. You are who I need with all of my heart. I need you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for your love and for your forgiveness. You are wonderful. You are the King of the universe and my Father. You are my everything, Lord Jesus. Receive the forgiveness of your sins in your heart. And maybe you, you would like to declare with me this wonderful declaration. I am forgiven and saved by faith in Jesus. This year, I will become more spiritual. Friends, I'm so happy that you are in church today. And I want you to know that you are blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a beautiful week and enjoy the time with your family. Everyone, and see you next weekend. Amen. Anytime a heart turns from darkness to light Anytime temptation comes and someone stands to fight Anytime somebody lives to serve and not be served I know, I know, I know, I know God is on the road.